So thank you to everybody for uh, joining us again at uh, this session. This panel is on uh, technology. And the idea of this panel is technology is really transforming shipping. Uh, and shipping companies are being faced with so many options, so many alternatives, and so many needs. So we would like to have a panel where ship owners can discuss how they prioritize among the various needs, investments, opportunities that they have in front of them. So I would like to thank all the panelists for being with us. I will turn over to uh, Pino Spadadora from Reina, uh, who is going to be our moderator and who is going to introduce our panelists. And all I would like to say is thank you very much for being with us today uh, and contributing to this great forum. Thank you. Good uh, morning, uh, good afternoon, and good evening, uh, everyone. I would like to thank uh, Nicholas and, of course, all Capital Link team for uh, having me as a moderator of this panel, which is full of actual and very relevant topics. Uh, digital transformation trend is still gaining momentum, and uh, um, we are over now the point where uh, utilizing uh, of uh, latest technology uh, is and was a prerogative for few. The pandemic uh, launched big changes in the way of working uh, in demands and the requirements of customers and markets. Um, so companies, they really need to adapt to digital uh, transformation if you, they want to preserve uh, their business uh, and stay in the business. Uh, but let's um, move to our uh, panelists. I have the pleasure and the honor to work together with. Um, and I will introduce each of them, starting from Salvatore D'Amico, which is Fleet Director of D'Amico Shipping, Ernst Mayer, COO at Cleveness, Mark Martecchini, Managing Director, Stolt Management, and Christopher Schroeder, Head of Regional Sales for Varsila Voyage. So let's start from uh, Salvatore. And um, of course, within the domain of digital transformation, D'Amico shipping is, um, is, uh, is uh, paving uh, a lot of plans, uh, mainly, but not only, to acquire uh, and monitoring uh, data thanks to um, digital uh, tools. Uh, but, Salvatore, can you share with us uh, which kind of uh, projects you, you are doing, you are busy with, actually, and which kind of uh, investment uh, you, have, you have made um, uh, uh, to realize them? Thanks. As you know, D'Amico has always paid a lot of attention in order to be among the pioneers in the market when it came to ship design. But we understood, and ship operation, but we understood very well that uh, since when this uh, technology uh, thing started, that if we really wanted to be on the top of the crest of the wave, we needed to really look into technology with a completely different approach. At the beginning, we started to look in the market for uh, uh, ready suites which could uh, fulfill all our requirements but there was no way in which we could find things that were matching our let's say our requirements I would not talk about standard because uh, but I would talk about requirements today thanks to the partnership we have among which there is one very important that we have with Rina uh, we managed to develop several softwares in particular, if we talk, since you are working for Rina Pino, I would like to highlight that we developed together with your company a very good software for the monitoring of our vessel emissions and monitoring of our vessel consumption. We started this journey together 
six or seven years ago. And uh, today we, we reached a, a completely different uh, place from where we were at the beginning. In during this journey, we managed to achieve a lot of things, including bringing ashore the complete monitoring of the main engine and of the auxiliary engine, which is also very helpful in terms of maintenance. And in fact, we are moving, we are moving our maintenance from uh, uh, what we used to call our run maintenance to condition-based maintenance, which doesn't go only to the monitoring of the equipment by parameters, but also obviously about analysis and so on. On top of that, we have also done with you the first software to be approved by a flag, uh, which was Liberia at the time, for, uh, the mon for the oil record book. And in fact, we are, the, we are using this on board of all our vessels today. Uh, also those that uh, where the flag doesn't allow us to uh, not have the, the normal oil record book. I mean, we still have to have the paper one, but we see a big advantage in using the oil record book software because it helps a lot the crew in managing the, 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 um, all the management of the waste on board and so on. And bottom line, it's not only about oil, but it goes down to every waste which is manageable. And this is a little bit to talk about Trina. I could easily talk about the rest, but I think that this is enough as a starting point. Thank you so much, uh, Salvatore. So you, you touch a very good point. Um, uh, when you indicate CBM, continuous-based monitoring, as a, as a new, new approach, which, uh, of course, is, uh, is allowing you to, to cut uh, cost, but also to improve the, the way of, of doing uh, uh, maintenance. Um, Ernst, uh, digitization first and also digitalization now, of course, dem demands a very specific uh, um, uh, approach uh, and interface main, main, main machine. So um, a lot of talks about artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, uh, but uh, the point is that uh, crew offshore, so on board, and crew onshore, so technical superintendent, uh, um, they need probably a different level of uh, um, digital culture. They need uh, um, a dedicated training for this kind of uh, uh, tools. Um, uh, how are you um, uh, dealing with this, uh, with this topic, which of course is uh, extremely important if you want to realize a proper uh, digital transformation? I think uh, to be very honest, it's, uh, it's a discovery, I think that uh, we have made that it's not possible to digitalize uh, the fleet unless you have skilled people on board. There are certain things you can do which is uh, purely under the hood type of technology where the people on board do not have to relate, where data is uh, transmitted automatically and, uh, and the IT equipment is put in place and, and operated uh, remotely. And then you have no problem, but in reality, uh, you need also to run IT systems on board, IT OT systems uh, being part of the digitization. And for years, we have uh, developed uh, key positions on board, also regulated by conventions and by flag and minimum manning and so on. And we know that we have, uh, yeah, you need a cook, you need uh, people running the engine and you need people on the bridge. But I have not seen any official titles or requirements to IT. 
Uh, and maybe it's too early to really require it and put some mandatory uh, requests on that. But who is responsible for IT on board and what kind of skills, qualification skills should such a person have? And I think the default today is to uh, to put that on uh, the ship electrician's shoulders if there is a ship electrician on board. Um, but I think we all understand that uh, being an electrician is not the same as as being an IT uh, skilled person. The only commonality there are the, are the cables, but that's it. So, uh, so I think to really progress on this, uh, the industry as a whole uh, should also contribute to make more formal competency around the uh, basic IT action. So basically you are uh, you are supporting uh, uh, the crew and the people on board uh, for sure with the, with the vendors or, or with, the, with the companies that they are uh, providing this kind of uh, new technology to, to you and your, your assets basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you Ernst, thank you very much. Um, uh, Mark, uh, um, uh, the market uh, uh, for new building, of course, today it looks like again in favor of uh, of the, the shipyard, especially if, uh, if we look to uh, China and Korea. Uh, but uh, um, the digital maturity of, of a ship, of a new building, should start for, for sure when you define a technical specification and um, we should define. Um, basic standards uh, um, uh, for the shipyard and for the ship owners to make, especially to the ship owners, their life a little bit easier later on. Um, uh, the industry doesn't look uh, um, uh, ready to define and uh, and specify the, a, un a uniform approach standards in this in this respect. What what do you think? And if you are if you are considering any any new buildings. Do you think this is a, a, a good approach? Is a real, real good one? It's an interesting uh, question, uh, Pino. Thanks for that. Um, if you look at the airline industry, uh, they have relatively few suppliers and they approach each plane with a very integrated systems approach. Everything is part of a bigger picture. Uh, when it comes to shipbuilding, uh, I get the sense that we are still you know, going to a yard that is, you know, assembling a, a number of components and pieces. Uh, yes, there is, of course, an underlying system, but not nearly to the level of system sophistication of integration that one might expect. Um, and again, I think it's to an extent where we build chips, you know, each yard goes and tries to find with the sub suppliers, uh, you know, that, that fit the overall uh, cost picture of building that chip. And, uh, you know, the shipyard is trying to, to typically lower the cost and not necessarily deliver the maximum value. Uh, the ship owner would like to lower the cost, um, but has to live with the ship for 25 or more years. Uh, and a ship that should in fact deliver sustainability and all of the integration we talk about uh, that Salvatore and Ernst talked about already. So there's a little bit of an interesting uh, question. The, the shipyard um, uh, problem has to be worked on. Um, standards will help, no doubt. Uh, yes, we're in the market now, of course, looking for ships ourselves. Uh, any owner has to do that to replace and renew their fleet. Um, but uh, it's it's not easy getting uh, a lot of emphasis to spend quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of money on systems integration uh, when it's not so easy to define the ultimate value we get from that. 
but I think, of course, when we start to look at more sustainability-linked uh, equipments, especially with the more uh, exotic uh, propulsion packages we talk about now, we will have to get there, but I think we're still struggling a bit to get to that standard. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Christopher, probably you, I mean, you represent Varsila, okay, Varsila Voyage, but in general, Varsila is a big uh, um, player in this, uh, in this, uh, in the market also of, of a new building. Can you add something on this, uh, on this respect? Because this, this sounds a very, very interesting topic. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Pino. Well, on the standardization, indeed, and having common standards, that is a very interesting topic that we are discussing with the many stakeholders in the industry. It is actually quite challenging because we, when we're honest, we look at the, the maritime industry and we see that we still have a different approach from our customer base. And so it still requires a little bit of a customized approach. Um, but actually, and I'm fully with you there, the, the big saving potential, the big um, big rationale that we can lift here is by becoming a little bit more standardized, a little bit more, you know, cooperative and, and ensuring that um, it's not always the reinvention of a wheel that we have to do. I believe, we believe that this will actually help very much the industry. Uh, Christopher, let me, let me stay a little bit on, on this. Um, so, we are talking about standardization, uniform approach. So for, for sure, um, a concerted approach uh, to, the, to the digitalization uh, can support and can make the pace of, 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 the, of, of its progress a little bit more solid because apparently transformation is still moving slowly. Uh, why, what is the reason that transformation is still going slowly? Probably, do we need the less uh, um, uh, solo uh, pilot approach and more uh, partnership approach? Shipyard vendors, ship owners, uh, um, uh, makers in general. And uh, do you? What is your 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 opinion? I mean, regulatory bodies uh, are they helping in this process? A very good question. Thank you. Well. Um, maybe to add on what Mark said, it, it's the question of how to build value, how to get value out of a ship and ensure that a vessel is sustainable and, um, and an asset to you and, and to ensure this over the lifetime of a vessel. So um, the, the digital transformation, actually, yes, it might be perceived as slow at the moment, but I do actually see this very much like a, like a, a slow curve that really starts to take off. When I, uh, when I sort of recap the conversations we had with our clients and customers over the year, then the discussions actually dramatically changed just in the last year. Whereas sort of connecting a shipboard equipment uh, using internet ashore was, yeah, is this something we can do two years ago? It's not a question anymore. So I would like to say the, the maritime industry is maybe further um, ahead of this than we might, um, you know, give credit to ourselves here. And I do see that that the whole discussion on digitalization really, really takes up. It is indeed a question of actually running a vessel. So it's nothing that is a, a done topic. It's a doing topic. It is something that you have to, you know, uh, to develop while we go because even we have a, a, a big team, dedicated people, really good skilled people. We don't have the full answer yet. We, and that's what we, when you say, 
do we need to work together? Yes, absolutely. Because the digital transformation will only work if it's actually tapping into the business processes of our customers, the shipping companies, ship owners. And here, there's a big potential when we look about the, the, the challenges that we have ahead of us from greenhouse gases, CO2, and all also the then affecting topics about uh, ship financing. Here, it's, it's not so much, well, me personally, I don't believe that government managing bodies will be the driving force here. It's you and me as consumers, you, me as citizens who vote for a certain policy, who want that our um, economy is a little bit more eco-friendly, that we're a little bit more sustainable. And that is actually the driving force. So we will have pilot projects because pilot projects is something you need to start it up. But then, and that's what we really are after. And that's what we are discussing with our customers. We are going in a partnership because, and, and I see this is one of the things that is different from classical investment, so to speak, as in you put something in a ship and then you let it sail for the next 20 years. We are now need to talk about how to operate vessels, how to maneuver them, how we make sure that they are safe and efficient at the same time. And we as a manufacturer, we can just help, but it's something that we would like to do in a partnership with our customers. Well done. So, I mean, partnership, uh, um, good, uh, good word for, uh, for, uh, for proposing a new, new projects uh, in, uh, uh, and facilitating, of course, uh, transformation. Uh, Salvatore, can, can I come back to you? Um, because uh, uh, in this uh, pandemic situation, for sure, resilience, resilient have been used, probably overused. Uh, uh, but for sure, resilience is a term which, uh, which picture very well the capacity of the shipping and the maritime industry in finding always alternatives and, uh, and other solutions. And uh, for sure, an alternative has been the use and the introduction of a remote inspection. And uh, you, uh, D'Amico Shipping, you have been a really a pioneer in this. Probably also thanks to a wise approach of, of, of like administration as a, as a Liberia and, uh, and RINA as a classification site, but you have been the first one conducting a, a full annual survey in remote condition. Um, do you think uh, um, uh, this will really change the future of, of uh, doing service on board? And uh, what is the position now of, uh, of the stakeholders uh, in this, uh, in this uh, respect? So um, I think that I, I wish to really thank you for raising this point, because I think that this is a, a very major game changer. I don't foresee virtual inspection replacing completely the physical inspection. That is not the solution, but rather having a much more structured approach to the problem. Now, let's imagine a vessel leaving Brazil and the vessel leaving Brazil suddenly has, I don't know, a collision or has, uh, or something happens on board for which uh, we have to inform class, okay? What would have helped, what would have happened up to now is that usually either that vessel was turning uh, Clock, clock was turning around and going back to the harbor, or class would say, you need to stop in Cape Town because we need to do an inspection. Class or flag according to the certificate which is affected. The game changer is that from today, we are able to call class and say, we, this is what happened. We have this problem. 
Can we have a look at this together? And this is very important for the owner because the owner, as you know, in order to have the vessel covered by his insurance policy, and in order to ensure moreover the safety of his crew, wants to have the vessel in class. And so having the possibility to have the class saying in any moment, okay, like this you can proceed or no, sorry, you need to do this temporary repair before going to next port, or we are fine having a look at this and that and in the ultimate harbor is not a matter of only saving money, but it's a matter of ensuring that the vessel always operates at the highest safety standard, which to me goes down to the most important thing, which is ensuring that our seafarers have on board the same safe environment that people working ashore have. And this is one point. Another point, Pino, I wanted to highlight because I heard uh, uh, a lot talking about sustainability in our business and so on, and I'm happy that this work came out also on this panel. One of the very good thing about what software helped us do, uh, helped us do, technology helped us do, was forcing our vessel to make a mind change. Before, in the past, we used to tell to the vessel, okay, you need to be by that day in that point. Okay, and what would happen is that master would go fast, 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 and suddenly when he was approaching that point, he was starting to slower down in order to reach at what we would say the just in time to what we have told him. But that was not helpful in terms of consumption. We were just putting in the air CO2, more than what was needed. With the current technology that is onboarding solid on our vessel, we are able to tell to our, to our ships you need to, pro to go at this kilowatt. They don't care anymore about, uh, about uh, um, speed. They care about power. And caring about power means caring about uh, emissions. We need to call our ship. We can call our ship and say, why are you using two auxiliary engines in place of one? And to ensure that our ships operate always at the highest standard of uh, environmental compliance, because it is very important. If we reduce the consumption, we consume less, but this is not the point. The point is that we emit less. For any ton of fuel which is burned, we emit three tons of CO2. That's the point. So basically, Salvatore, you are saying, of course, correctly, that uh, digitalization is also decarbonization. So, uh, this is a good, uh, this is a very good assist to to ask again, uh, Christopher, to uh, to comment on this because uh, um, uh, voyage optimization and uh, just-in-time solution surely uh, they give uh, the possibility to reduce uh, CO2 emission and the greenhouse gas uh, emission. Uh, slow steaming. Uh, is just a, a transitional solution uh, can help um, uh, for sure will increase the numbers of, of ships on the water and this we we do not uh, dislike but what what do you think and what are you doing in uh, in uh, Varsila voyage because this is really something which is uh, uh, relevant uh, to you uh, thank you very much and and Salvatore this is exactly also what we are discussing and and experiencing with a lot of our customers. So the approach of having visibility, of understanding what your vessels are actually doing 
and that uh, in a data increment which is shorter than 24 hours that helps very much to understand the actual behavior and i think also what what aaron's brought up is is how important it is that the crew actually understands what's important and requested of them so when we as a as a society when we as a shipping community have actually uh, the, the goal of having less emissions of sailing more efficiently and safer then this is something that needs to be done together with the crew and with the shore team um, for the ship ownership manager and charter and and then this requires basically that you have a common a common platform on which you discuss something a common data set and that is where, where these tools come in in very helpful because it helped to discuss the same topic and not three topics at the same time so and then it, it actually adds further and the topic of digitalization as in a means of improving business processes drives further to the to the end of when you now start to integrate ports and ports give um in a easy and, and directly linked format the information about their availability to the vessels then a vessel can well in advance uh, adjust the speed and with its consumption and exhaust in order to you know maybe you know slow down um and sell a little bit slower because they already know they're going to have to wait an extra day at the port and it, it's it's not that the, that the maritime industry has never thought about it or that this information is not being shared it's just that we go through so many stakeholders that the time until information is being received on the vessel and decision is being made basically you know you could just continue to sail so and and this is the this is the idea um that it, that voyage has and that we would like to discuss with our, our customers and partners in in trying to look at the voyage and see here we are there we want to go how can we do this in the most efficient and the most safe way and one thing that we also dis, uh, sort of discovered is if I may add here, just discussing sort of voyage performance targets as in speed or voyage plans without considering safety has often the fact that the crew on board is looking at it as in, yeah, I understand what the intention is, but I just need to, you know, take care on the safety as well. So we try to look at this, just to name the word holistically and, and see safety and navigation in one, have transparency that the office and the crew share the same data and then extend this to the other parties like ports to have a really bigger picture. And then we believe that we have here the biggest lever of the savings that we need. Thank you so much, Christopher. I see from, uh, from the audience there is a very interesting uh, uh, question. Um, will digitalization increase or reduce the workload of a crew? Have we considered the human element? Um, yes, of course, we, we touched before the topic uh, when uh, together with Ernst, we were considering eventually a, a new approach to the education of, of the crew on board. But uh, um, to reply to this question, I, uh, Mark, please allow me to, to touch also another another topics uh, um, uh, because uh, uh, Salvatore was talking about uh, ele electronic uh, uh, logbook. Um, uh, a lot of uh, um, process uh, on board they they entered a digital uh, transformation. Uh, not only the, the, the use of uh, of uh, paperless logs, um, and this I think is extremely well appreciated by by crew because they are always uh, overwhelmed as. Uh, uh, 
and I was, uh, as our friend was saying with, with this question from various tasks, uh, but uh, digitalization is also improving, uh, um, uh, uh, a correct, a solid digitalization on board is improving uh, the safety um, level on board. Uh, I know you are doing some, some uh, um, uh, project in this, in this respect. So how do you see, uh, Right. An increase of safety with the with the more digitalization on board of your ship. Good question, Pino. Um, it's very much developmental, um, but what we see is there's great opportunity to, uh, and, and it needs to be designed in, shall we say it this way, to improve the working condition on board ship, to reduce unnecessary workload um, by automation, uh, by using digital tools. Um, uh, one of the things that, that those who have been in the business for a while know is yes, you have a paper-based system or even a spreadsheet-based system, but it, when it relies so much on people putting data in, whether it's an approval checklist or what, what have you, uh, there is often, uh, you find things are not done as they should be, which can lead to unsafe situations. So for example, um, what we're now uh, piloting is a project whereby uh, you know, before you go into a cargo tank, and we run chemical tankers, going into cargo tanks is something we must do for every voyage to confirm the, the cleaning of the tank. And uh, so it's an important procedure to be done safely. Um, and uh, if it can be done pa on paper, it's very safe. But what we find, for example, is that, you know, if we have a handheld device where people can signal to the appropriate people on the bridge in the cargo control room about what steps need to be taken, important steps to log about safe things, you know, the tank, the, uh, the atmospheric testing, for example, can be logged. All of these important logging points can be done. The approvals can be done in an efficient way to make life simpler and in fact safer. That's one example, but there are many examples around the ship that we can think of that will come up for sure. Uh, but I think as, uh, as uh, Ernst and Salvatore were saying earlier, not, there's no package out today where somebody offers all of this. So we're finding our way, maybe feeling our way in the dark a little bit, and we'll come up with these great solutions. But it does take time and take some effort and initiative and investment to come up with those solutions. But there's going to be a great, I think, explosion of products and means to get those things done uh, over the future. Thank you, Mark. Um, thank you. Uh, Ernst, we, we, we have listened to Salvatore talking about uh, monitoring uh, installation of uh, torque meters, flow meters for uh, lowering uh, CBM. But uh, digitalization, we understood also, give you the possibility almost to have uh, on board 24 seven an expert uh, from uh, vendors, from makers, from uh, uh, stakeholders. Um, uh, are you really taking advantage, advantage of this? I mean, do you see really uh, an opportunity uh, for, uh, for improving uh, um, uh, the management of your, of your fleet, which is an important uh, fleet? Yeah, I think um, piece by piece, it happens, and of course, it's not happening all at once. But to give you one uh, good example of what we are doing, is uh, in a fleet of 25 vessels, you may have, uh, say, 150 cylinders, approximately, from the main engines. And if you imagine 150 cylinders on a control screen at shore, with real-time information about how much iron each of those cylinders are having, 
uh, which should indicate how much lubrication, how much lubrication oil you should use. And you have a kind of a control room person monitoring those 150 cylinders and giving instructions to the ship how to lubricate or even remotely uh, operate the lubrication system. Then you have moved a tremendous task from being uh, kind of something between a superintendent and a chief based on experience, what the chief is hearing, smelling, uh, the performance of the engine. And local practices may occur. Some like to run uh, two auxiliary engines on 50% uh, load each, so they shall be evenly wear down. And others say that's more efficient to just do one. And you have all these different practices that can lead into one practice that is proven to be the most efficient one. So in, in a sense, it's uh, it's kind of pivoting the whole management around how you maintain and operate the vessel that before it was very vertical, it was between some very few people. Even if you had 20 similar ships, you could have maybe 10 different management styles around how you operate equipment. But with this uh, with digitization, you can pivot it and, and do horizontal management and have experts working across certain disciplines. And I think digitalization is allowing for that without having uh, the data flowing. You could never do that. And you just have to stick to the, to the old practices. Uh, thank you, Ernst. Uh, with, with the mark, we were touching uh, the point of uh, digitalization, which improves uh, uh, the safety level, the safety standard um, on board of our ships. But uh, digitalization, for what you are saying, uh, uh, gives also the opportunity to you, which manage several ships. So it means you, you have to take care also about um, a lot of uh, people on board. So uh, a lot of uh, components of, of uh, crew to, to keep them safe a little bit, because uh, um, if you have the possibility to, to solve um, situations, problems on remote, you make less intrusions, less physical, um, um, interferes with with your with your ship so actually you are keeping your ship your crew within a, a safety bubble and this for sure will uh, reduce uh, the possibility of of uh, uh, pandemics infection as we have seen in the last uh, in the last uh, months so uh, have you have you had some some experience in this uh, in this uh, in this respect i mean are you convinced that this uh, digitalization can help also in this uh, in this respect with your crew. Ernst. You are you are muted. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get the question was for me. But um, it, it really does. I think it's um uh, it's it's opening up for so many different uh, uh, values and safety is one of them. You can use digitization to create safety as a value. The same with the, the greener aspect and of course business. But I think what you need is gravity and if the gravity is not there, meaning that if you don't see fairly quick results on the safety side, it will stop automatically. Then there is no value to it and it will disappear. I think this the reason why this is holding so much traction and we 
you may think that we talk uh, talk a lot and nothing happens, but I do think a lot happens. And to give you one more concrete example is uh, how we used to climb tanks to give inspection reports to to sharkers that wants a certain quality on the cleaning us. And we were sending people up ladders uh, to do some testing and. Uh, and uh, and now we can do this by cameras. And we can do it even live. We can have uh, cameras wired up so that instead of having people coming out to the vessel, we just put the camera on the IMO number to, to validate what we're looking at and can zoom into really high quality pictures in every corner of the tank, uh, which everything is lined up. It's extremely simple uh, example of digitalization and far away from artificial intelligence or or what we may think about, but it's really helpful in the daily work. And it makes sense in terms of business. We save so many hours on this. And it makes sense in terms of safety. So so in many cases, you you kill two flies in one shot. Ernst, thank you so much. I see there are other, other questions. Um, one more uh, is uh, relevant to um, standardization of documents. Why cannot we push and uniform for simplicity through IMO? Um, sure, digitalization is uh, um, one, of, uh, one of the tool um, which will, uh, will help us. I mean, um, digital, digitalizing uh, um, uh, logbooks, um, uh, not only old record book, but uh, ballast, garbage, uh, back engine and the engine logs, this for sure will help to digitalize and to standardize a, a certain kind of um, documents uh, and formats. Um, and another question is, uh, uh, IMO um, has come up with the minimum requirements for digitalization, digitalization of data. Uh, not uh, uh, not yet, um, uh, the, the only data collection um, uh, uniform is uh, the, the IMO DCS, which is more relevant, uh, of course, to the, um, to the emission, uh, but not yet when it comes to, um, uh, to data collection, modality of the data collection. Um, uh, Christoph, um, one, uh, um, another point, uh, also because we are talking about data, big data, um, the, all this data, uh, we need also to change a little bit the approach. Um, the way they are collecting, of course, we need uh, the more democratic and more uh, transparent uh, um, uh, data. Do you think the, the industry and uh, the shipping is, uh, is ready um, for this? Are they ready to look at this big data uh, with a different uh, approach and with, with this new approach? After all, um, uh, conducting service inspection uh, is now um, uh, is now have a, a, a certain uh, safety level. So, what about the data? How we can uh, democratize this this data? Well, that's a it's a very tough question to be honest, but a good one. Um, well, I think to some extent. The, the data is actually already quite democratic, sort of available in a democ democratic way. 
Um, when we just look at um, so many startups that are looking at the AIS data from the vessel sailing and then generate insights out of this, there is already a lot happening and massively um, endeavors uh, and here artificial intelligence is used and, and big data aggregations used are being already done um, uh, to find out actually information about you, not necessarily with you. So, so now the question that, that actually comes up is how much do you want to know about yourself? That is the question that you need to ask yourself. And then that's also then what, what's driving the, the, the discussion at some stage. The, the, the data is sort of, as we all know, data is sort of the new gold. And um, so it's a very business critical decision what to do with the data. We are very simple with it in VET. So that we say it's your data, it's your data, and it's your data. It's yours and stays yours. And with every project that we do, there's not a single project where we are not required to put an API sort of a data exchange between an, an, a proprietary system with our customers. So I, I do believe that when, you, when we think about will there be one unified overall data platform, super hard to tell. I am. I don't want to. I don't want to go out and, and just make the call here. But we will see for sure that there will be more and more data um, shared. There will be more and more data available, and that is just simply looking at other ways of life in which this is absolutely happening. So just think about your own LinkedIn profile. People share about themselves because it's it's a prerequisite to stay in business. Uh, Christopher, there is a there is a question for uh, for you. Uh, could you explain what we as an operator um, can immediately benefit from reducing uh, cost and reducing CO2? <laughs> uh, so how you are benefiting from reducing cost? I mean, so, is a, I think is a, is a, is a, an obvious uh, answer uh, and from uh, reducing CO2 uh, is also uh, Quite a uh, quite obvious answer, uh, especially when uh, when you look at the the, the recent uh, IMO requirements uh, for existing ship and for uh, for new 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 ships. But if you want to add something on this uh, on this respect, please. Yeah, it's sort of basically the only thing that I see, and I think it's a little bit overlooked because when I when we have these discussions in the maritime domain, then we very often mention IMO, and then we very often very quickly come up with the regulatory bodies. But I think that the true changing force that is really driving this forward is not in any way a government or regulatory body. It's very much you and me who are changing our buying behavior, as I sort of tried to elicit at the beginning. And that's really the change of force here. And I, when we now talk about this topic disruption, I don't want to elaborate on this because various opinions about it, but think of it as, Will you, will your neighbor be accepting um, that when they go to the supermarket, they don't have a full transparency over the full supply chain for the goods that they're buying when it comes to CO2 emissions, when it comes to, to environmental footprint. And I do believe that we have strong forces that are driving in this direction. So um, that as the cars over the years got more safer, got more cleaner, the same will potentially happen also in shipping. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Christopher. So basically, what we can uh, we can conclude is that, of course, uh, um, I don't. Uh, yes, there are other questions, um, but we can conclude saying that, of, of course, 
capex are uh, um, extremely important and very very good spent um, if we look at uh, this specific uh, topic we we are talking about uh, reducing of cost we are talking about uh, uh, decarbonization redu uh, reduction of uh, emission um, at all level and we are of course uh, talking about uh, increase uh, safety level on board of the ship so um, digitalization helps also in the last uh, um, uh, months to change uh, um, new management approach uh, change management uh, um, agility uh, management is uh, something which which uh, go which goes along with the, with the digitalization so is is extremely um, uh, important topic and uh, and thanks a lot for for your contribution uh, and for your uh, for your um, um, experience that you 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 shared with uh, with us Well, I would like to thank you from my uh, and uh, Pino and uh, uh, Christopher, Salvatore, Mark, uh, and Ernst. Thank you very much for uh, for your insight, uh, for your remarks on and the decision making uh, behind the prioritization of these investments, especially in a time of constant change. So, thank you very much uh, for a great panel. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Nicholas. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.